0: Yep, the Celtics are still frustrating. Yep, they are still up and down. And I am not sure what the future holds. So I'm going to talk through it with Tom Westerholm of the Geno Time Podcast and Boston.com right now on the Locked On Celtics Podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team step back, We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics. Who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O'B. Corralis above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ. Keep John on replay. Prime time, dappin' up the truth on the sideline. Raining J's how we started, raising Band is how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there! Welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. This show is free and available daily, Monday through Friday, everywhere podcasts exist and on YouTube. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All Time All Stars. Pick that up wherever books are sold online. Today's show brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for these subscriptions. You don't want or need, and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. So the Boston Celtics are frustrating. They are all over the place. I need to get a handle on this team, and as usual, when I need to get a handle on this team, I bring somebody in to discuss what is going on today. It's Tom Westerholm, my friend, my former coworker, and now host one of the hosts of the Geno Time podcast, and. One of the sports writers over there at boston.com. So let's just dive right into the conversation with me and Tom Westerholm. Ah, my guy, Tom Westerholm here. I always love when we get the chance to sit here and talk. And under such great circumstances, Tom, how you doing?
1: Man, I'm 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 well rested. Uh I'm just hey, invigorated hey. by all the basketball that we've watched. It's been, it's beautiful basketball. It's a beautiful time of year. It's so warm outside. It's just uh, you know, it's it's exactly what you want in uh in just kind of a stretch here.
0: What honestly like such a shitty confluence of events here. It sunsets at 4:10 p.m. uh the Celtics are just uh, so inconsistent. They look great, they look terrible. Um and now we're covering the team from the east coast when Dennis Schroeder doesn't talk until 3 in the morning. So.
1: And <laughs> look I know there's no sympathy out there for beat writers and that we're all just like, this oh, is yeah, all no. just like whiny stuff. Totally fair. Like, that is 100% fair. But also, I'm tired. So, <laughs> through you,
0: <laughs> I'm tired. The week is over, and the Celtics <laughs> went back to playing like just the, what they were doing in October. So, yeah. it's all just kind of lined up. Like, this is my second coffee of the day, and I'm not even halfway through my coffee consumption but you know we're we're looking at this Celtics team that can look so good when they put it all together and can look so bad when they don't and the biggest frustration for everybody is that this is just how it it it's been they there's no difference from last year when they put it all together last year even during covid pandemic when they put it all together and tried it was like okay yeah we we see it with these guys and and this year Okay, no no Jalen Brown. Got to accept that. Look, no, no Jalen Brown that makes a difference. Uh, when Schroeder doesn't have it going, then the whole house of cards can fall. But at the same time, there's just no excuse for 23 turnovers and 33 points off of turnovers against the Clippers. So the question I asked to Tatum, and I'll throw it out to you, is basically, at what point are all the bad days just bad days? And at what point is this just who you are as
1: a team. I Honestly, when you asked that question to Tatum, I thought it was a really good one. I think the, like, I've talked about this before, and I think I think the case for optimism with this team is still just that they have a deeper team than last year. They have more talent coming off the bench. They have more pieces. They're, the, the young guys who are on this year's team are better versions of themselves than they were last year. You look at Grant Williams, Romeo Langford, obviously. You know, these guys have gotten better. And the pieces around the stars have gotten better. And it just kind of comes down to, in a lot of ways, like, you know, is like Ken Tatum. And then when he comes back, Ken Jalen Brown, can these guys consistently be, you know, at the forefront? Can they consistently like drag this team to wins with some more support behind them? And like, you know, that can be your your case for optimism. If, you know, truly like a glass half full, glass half empty thing, right? Because if you're a glass half full kind of person, do you really think Jason Tatum is going to, you know, shoot this poorly from three all season? Like, it's tough to see that, but, you know, maybe he will. I don't know. Um, And if you're a glass half empty person, you can also say, well, look, you know, Jalen and Jason were the best players on last year's team, which also started 13 and 13, as our pal B-Rob tweeted out last night. Like, last year's team and this year's team have both started 13 and 13 for whatever circumstances there are. So, I mean, look, I I think we're rapidly – I've I've tried to maintain a more – um kind of measured like I guess I guess more positive approach with this team because I thought that the depth was significantly better and I think that actually has borne out like I think that has pretty clearly been the case and so you know to me it always made sense that they were going to kind of turn things around and they were going to put together a better season but I mean you know we're we're 26 games into the season this is a very representative sample size and they are just you know like you asked Tatum there's very little reason to believe that they're, you know, anything other than what they're showing, which is just a 500 basketball team. And this is,
0: this is the, I think we are really at a point here where it's, it's kind of even on either side. The, the player's yeah. perspective, yeah. the Tatum, the Tatum perspective, where he kind of seemed taken aback by the question. And, he, and his answer was basically like, well, we did have good games on this trip. And my, my question wasn't about the, the whole trip. It, it's, about when you're bad, it's always the same bad. Yeah and that that's the problem. It's not that you're bad. Uh, if there were 13 and 13 and the 13 losses came in different ways, maybe maybe the feeling's a little bit different. And And also, let me just put out there. I'm like one of the most notoriously positive people about this team in general. So I, I do think that they've played better basketball. The, the basketball on the floor is generally better than it was in October especially when they've got it going. When, when they're when they playing well, their good game in October versus a good game this month, is it's, it's world's different this month. The issue is, the players see these bad games as, hey, it's just a bad game. It's fine. You're just like any other job. You know, you have a bad podcast. I have a bad... It happens. We've got to move on. we got to watch our film. We've got to move on. Uh, but... The other side has, I think, it's an equally valid now argument that, no, you know what, the loss to the Lakers, the loss to the Clippers, the loss to the Bulls, the loss to the Cavs, the loss to the Spurs, they all have so many of the same exact elements that it's hard to deny. It's hard to sit there and and just take what the players say as fact and 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 my real question i guess for this team is are they are they just i don't want to say like the word that comes to my mind is like some level of arrogance that that makes them think like oh no we got this man we got it are they too close to the situation where they like no no man we got it this is and they don't realize like they should be saying like oh wow we need we need to fundamentally change our mentality going into these games versus now we just got to watch some film and be better here. That that's, that's the, the push and pull here for me.
1: Well, and, and to your point, I think it's very easy for teams to kind of fall into that trap of like, we've seen how to be really good, right? Like we've seen what it looks like when we're really good. We know how to do this, even if they aren't doing that on a, you know, they aren't good on a consistent basis. I think that's a really easy trap to get into because I mean, you know, we all like to look at ourselves in like the best possible light, right? Like, and so if you are an NBA player, if you're on an NBA team, and, and and you are like, hey, we've had these games where we look like contenders, you know, it's pretty easy to convince yourself. Well, when the playoffs roll around, we're going to, you know, kind of be able to to flip that switch. And I mean, you know, fans hate to hear that because you know the fans are the ones who are who are stuck watching, uh, you know, 82 games and wishing and wanting to see the team flip the switch the whole time. And um, and, and I think that there really is something to the idea that like you can't just flip the switch in part because you need to practice all of the good habits that you do in the good games. That's what I think, you know, a big part of like, Hey, stringing things together. You know, you hear coaches talk about that all the time. You hear uh, players talk about that. W- when you start to string things together, that's when you, you practice being good for longer periods of time. And I just think that's, that's one of the issues with this team is we haven't seen them string things together. We've seen the flashes. We've seen the little bits here and there that, that look like a really good team that look like they could make some noise in the postseason. And, you know, you can, you know, actually, I mean, you can, you can talk yourself into it pretty easily, right? Like, because there's talent on this team, but until we see them string it together, until we see them practice the good habits and build something that actually kind of builds on top of itself, right? Because sometimes a team, you know, puts together a few good performances and then it starts to snowball in a good way. And we just haven't seen this team do anything that snowballs. It's just like, you know, like, like a little, a little pocket of good play over here, little pocket over there but nothing that just kind of comes together and makes up, a, I guess, a cohesive whole. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think if anything, I think that's one of the, the biggest issues because there's plenty of talent on this team. There's plenty of um, – there, there have been good performances, to Tatum's point. There have been moments where they look really good. But, I mean, you, you need that snowball. You need that uh, that kind of uh, exponential effect.
0: Back for more of the conversation with Tom in a second. First, I've got to tell you about Truebill – Do you know why these subscriptions keep showing up? These free subscriptions that seem like you don't want, you don't need, uh, they're a scam. Corporations are out there to just trick you into signing up and then forgetting about it so they can take your money. Truebill is the new app that helps you stop doing that. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it simple, very simple. Link your accounts. Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. Your Truebill concierge is there. If you want to cancel something, but you don't have to do it, they will take care of it for you. Do not do what I did and forget about a subscription and then have to deal with all the calls and emails and chatbots and all of that stuff just to get your money back. Truebill will save you the hassle and save you money. They've saved over 2 million users, they've saved over a hundred million dollars. So don't fall for the subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. That's right now at Truebill.com slash locked on NBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. And looking at the Celtics kind of streaks, no no win streak bigger than three.
1: Yeah. And
0: that that's kind of that's kind of kind of sucks when you look at the Houston Rockets who have won seven games in a row. The Houston freaking <laughs> Rockets have won seven games in a row. The Celtics can't put together a streak. Of more than three, and okay, so never to let Jarius
1: and Matthews go. Never.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but you look at you look at games that they could have won. There's the Dallas game where Luca hits that shot where they just they didn't look good. Kind of similar, very similar type of performances. Um, a, a loss to the Cavaliers, which was a bad loss to the Cavaliers, and and right there you you win those two games, and that's two, four, five, six, seven. There's your seven game winning streak. So the Celtics they can they absolutely can make this they 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 can go on a streak and let me let me call up the schedule first because the 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 schedule does play into this right like this sure. this is a real and and this is part of why Tom that these two losses really really hurt because Lakers was a winnable game and the Lakers were playing two games their their second game in 7 nights so they're super well rested they came out with a ton of energy, but the that was a game that they could have won. The Clippers game certainly they could have won. Now you play Phoenix, Milwaukee, Golden State.
1: Well, just to interject, just to interject there real quick too, they could have won the Utah game. Like you score 130 you points, you got to sure. win that game. Like I know Utah is really good and they're an awesome offensive team, but I mean that's a yeah, that's a tough one to drop.
0: That is a tough one to drop. I mean they they hit a near record amount of three pointers. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, like the. I'm willing. I'm willing to overlook the reason. I'm willing to overlook that game. is They had it. They were yeah. right there. Yeah. And then was it Donovan Mitchell? Mike Conley hit hit these insane threes. You're like, what? Like what? Like Conley's three was his seventh in a row. Like seventh. Yeah. <laughs> game. You're like, come on, man. Like at some point, that that just becomes a game where like I, I I compared it on Twitter. Like this is you just throw your controller and reset the game because the computer was always going to win. That game, right. no matter how well you play. Um, but now you've got two losses here. You have a real risk of going 1-4 on this trip. Yep. And you have a real risk of going on now a five-game losing streak and six losses in seven games. And, and this is going to be really, really tough. I mean, they always play the Warriors well, so, so who knows what's going to happen there. But the rest of this month is going to be a real grind and – not only are these two losses tough in the standings because the Celtics could have been fourth, you know, coming yeah. into this, they, they you want to pile up these wins when you can get them because the rest of this month is going to be so bad. January looks great. Like January, Orlando, Spurs, the Knicks twice, the Pacers, you know, yeah, you mix in a, Philly, a Chicago, a Washington, but Pelicans, Portland, Charlotte, all at home, Kings at home. There's, there are a ton of winnable games in January where they can, what i what i don't want tom um, is for them to come out of january on a huge huge run and have it be like the third quarter of last night's game like wow what a run oh you only won by 3 like you come out of a huge january run and be like oh great you got back to 500
1: right well and i mean and not i mean <laughs> You can also look at it even you can look at it even worse than that because you can also look at a lot of those teams and be like, well, they they've lost one to the Knicks already, they've lost two to the Wizards already. Like some of those teams, they lost one to the Spurs, some of those teams you mentioned, they've they've lost games to already. And I I did want to just point out too, like I, I think you brought it up. I think it's always kind of an interesting stat. Cleaning the glass has this uh, this it's called win differential. Which is basically how many wins a team should have based on their uh, offensive and defensive ratings, Mm -hmm. and it's been funny. Like the last four years, the Celtics have been just at the absolute bottom of the league in win differential. Basically, meaning based on their on their stats, they should like they're losing games that they should win. And this year's team, um, according to Cleaning the Glass, should have based on their net rating, should be 15 and 11, uh, which would account for the two. Uh, games that you were bringing up there right like those those two like games that they they definitely should have won so um it's it, it's just an odd stat that I, I always think is kind of interesting because I, I do think it speaks to the fact that like you know this team's net rating isn't always that bad and I think part of that is because yeah I mean they lose these games where they go down 21 and then they come back and and end up losing by three and that kind of fixes their their net rating in certain ways or at least it kind of levels it out um and it kind of papers over the fact that like this team is just like they have a tendency of you know falling too far behind and not being able to rally or you know kind of having a really bad fourth quarter and just kind of losing it down the stretch like there's um they they're very creative in the ways that they manage to lose games <laughs> without destroying their net rating I, I will i will give them credit for that
0: yeah no that <laughs> that's for sure um but i i know that I definitely can can be on that roller coaster. The negative when they lose, the negatives really shine through, and it, and when they win, you re, I tend to really focus on the positive stuff. Um, it what I what I'm when I look at that Clippers game. Getting a little more specific, Jason Tatum. Everything kind of revolves around Jason Tatum, especially with Jalen Brown out, and we don't know how much longer he's going to be out. They keep saying we want him to be hundred percent and they keep saying like 85 or 90 and who knows, maybe he'll play against Phoenix. Maybe he won't play for the rest of the month that the the way it's going right now, who knows? Yeah. But Tatum in that game and Tatum, I think in recent games seems to be, let me, let me take these jumpers first and then later figures out like, okay, I got to get to the rim and it's not as easy as he can get to the rim every single time that he wants, but you see him breaking guys down. And I do think that the Celtics probably need to be a little bit more focused on, all right, let's, let's find a way to get Jason going downhill. One suggestion I made uh, in last night's show was, let's just flip Schroeder and Richardson. Schroeder to the bench. Start smart at the top of the key as your point guard. Get Richardson in there because he can still be a slasher and get into the paint. And this way... The, the offense is much more focused on Tatum coming around. You set the picks and getting Tatum on the move where he's not just catching and standing versus, you know, just waiting around for Schroeder to do his thing. Because for all the good things that Schroeder does, and I'm not saying minimize his role or, or even take him out down the stretch. Right. But when Schroeder is the starting point guard, two things happen Tatum spots up and waits and catches the ball in a standstill. And Marcus Smart starts off the ball and starts in the corner and works his way up. All six of his threes last night were above the break. And that's horrible. When Marcus Smart starts on the ball and you start setting picks for Tatum, Tatum catches the ball on the move and can make a play off the dribble or, and then Marcus Smart then does whatever and, and ends up in the corner and those corner threes from Smart are fine. So. I, I would like to see either either a switch in the starting lineup or at least some play calling that that involves smart with the ball in his hands and gets that dynamic. Back to wrap up the conversation with Tom Westerholm in just a minute. First, I gotta tell you about Built Bar. You know about Built Bars. I've been talking about them a ton. They are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but they're even better because they are low calorie, low sugar, low in net carbs, low in fat, but high in protein so you get the best of both worlds delicious and healthy and there are so many flavors it's hard to choose we know the raspberry or mint brownie the cherry or double chocolate choice cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. those can be tough decisions so go to built.com use the promo code LOCKED15 and you can make your choice you can try one you can use that promo code every single time every time lock 15 to get 15 off your order so get some for yourself if you're stuck and you need some holiday stocking stuffers go back use that promo code again plenty of flavors to throw into those stockings for the people who you know love chocolate or peanut butter or all that other stuff grab one it's cold outside you want to chill with a cup of hot chocolate dip your built bar into the hot chocolate give yourself a treat without really blowing up what you're trying to do watching your your weight your calories and all of that stuff over the winter so i know how hard that can be so built.com promo code lock 15 you're gonna get 15 percent off every time at built.com Fedonline online has you covered all season for more props odds and lines than ever before football and basketball season marching on football going to the playoffs and BetOnline online remains your number one spot for all the sports action so head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile site Sign up today, get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to get that welcome bonus. From basketball to football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly.
1: So I really like that idea in part because if you look at the numbers for the Celtics starting lineup with Jalen out, with Schroeder in there, it is, I mean, it's a disaster. They're like minus 12.5 points per 100 possession. They're just getting like shelled in that starting lineup with the double bigs. And I know, you know, I saw a couple of people on Twitter kind of uh, complaining about the double big lineup. And I don't, I don't think it's the double big. I I don't think the double bigs are the issue because if you look at the Celtics normal starting lineup, I I believe they were like plus 10 with Jalen in there. And one of the things I, so I I like putting Richardson in there because Josh Richardson is in, in some ways kind of a poor man's Jalen Brown, right. Where he's really good in that mid range Mm He does hit some threes. He can handle the ball a little bit better than you'd kind of expect. Like, I think there is something to that where he's, he's a little bit more similar to Jalen. And maybe that dynamic would just work a little bit better because yeah, I mean, like, you know, Schroeder does a lot of really good things. And, and to your point, like I think there's a lot of games where it helps the Celtics to have him in down the stretch, even with some of his defensive liabilities. But, I mean, when he's, you know, literally every time he's walking the ball up the court, you know, and it's like that, that gives everybody time to get set. That gives the defense time to get set. Like, I mean, I, I think I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I, I to your larger point, um, I, I do think that something needs to change because obviously, you know, this, this team goes as far as, you know, as far as Tatum is going to take them. We, we say it over and over and over again. Um, and uh, yeah, it just, it doesn't feel like, He's being kind of put in those in those positions to to do that particularly well right now.
0: Yeah, I, I just I just want to see like I think it's it's kind of I, I kind of feel like it's like right there. Um, and and let me ask you this: Are are we are we analyzing this way too deeply? Because Jalen Brown's going to come back, and theoretically, if he comes back at one hundred percent and they manage this thing right, he he shouldn't re-injure it. Like if he's if he's good, then he's good, and he should come back and play the rest of the season with let's assume that he comes back and just plays a regular normal regular season is this is, are we just like losing our minds over nothing
1: well no because I think one of the things that's happened is like Jalen and Jason need to figure out how to how to kind of complement each other better this year like it's like if you, if you look at the stats like Tatum has struggled in games where Jalen plays this year and that's you know that's for a variety of reasons That like there's a million things that affect that Certainly the beginning of the season where Tatum was really, really struggling to put anything together offensively that has a huge impact on all of those stats. You know, I I know they've floated around Twitter a little bit, but it is something the Celtics need to address. And it's something that Jalen and Jason need to kind of fix. Like they, they have to get better at playing together. So yes, I mean, when you get, when we get really granular, of course, we're, we're analyzing, you know, everything game to game. Like that's, that's what we do. Um, But I do think that there is, you know, there is something there and, yeah, whether it's, you know, whether whether we're talking about getting Schroeder out of the lineup, you know, to maximize Tatum and, you know, putting Richardson in there, or whether we're talking about the return of Jalen, you know, it kind of becomes the same conversation either way. One way or the other, the Celtics have to figure out how to make Jalen and Jason, you know, how to help them get better. And then those guys have to figure out how to play together and how to make the team better because like everything rests on their shoulders. So yeah, I mean it's it's not a you know, I don't, I don't think it's making a lot out of nothing at all. I think that that's pretty much going to be the story of the entire season is, is whether Jalen's in the lineup or not, whether Tatum's in the lineup or not, how do those guys get maximized, you know, from themselves and from their teammates? I think, I mean,
0: there is a function of, I mean, especially, especially when, you know, I'm doing a daily podcast and writing every day. And it's like, you can't help, but, Drill way, way down, like you said, to that granular, molecular level, where you're like, okay, maybe I'm a little over analyzing a, a few of these things, which is certainly possible, and I, I will admit that that there's there's a possibility that I might 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 be going into too deep in, in things that that don't matter. That said, Tom, why is Robert Williams broken,
1: <laughs> dude? I don't know. I it's, it's a bummer, it's man. I, yeah. I mean, like, it's. it's <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any good answer for you, man. Like, I mean, honestly, it's funny because, like, Rob is such a unique player that you you don't always have like a great idea of like why he's working either. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, I guess it's like he just jumps over everybody. I guess that works. Um, right. Some, I, yeah. I mean, it's uh, he's he's kind of an, an of an enigma anyway. But yeah, I mean, like last night was last night was tough to watch. Like he had a he had a really tough night. Man, some of those, it, it's. I, it, again, it's it, the old bad habits.
0: And I, I, I wonder, like, I wish I could get into the mind of email Doka. Cause he said this from the beginning that we've got a lot of bad habits to break. It's not going to happen overnight. And I feel like this is one of those. All right. I think we fixed this. And I was like, Oh now <laughs> this is bro- what, what happened. Oh, this is broken again. Well, I thought we just fixed the Robert Williams thing. I was focused on this other thing. And now here's Rob. Remember you know, Rob is such a good passer, but then all of a sudden now he, he was just, I mean, casual with the ball, loose with the ball, doesn't even begin to describe what he was. And then the defensive slip-ups, like, I don't know what's going on with him. And it probably feels temporary. I don't want to go too deep into it and think, what's wrong with Robert Williams, even though I made the joke to make you laugh. But there there is, like, a little bit of a, okay, you dismiss a couple of games, and you're like, uh, all right. Well, he just got benched in the second half. Of a game against the Clippers, where you would think against Zubac that Robert Williams' athleticism could really, really help, and he played himself off the floor, and and it's just an odd kind of like regression, even though probably temporary from Rob.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think to your point, you mentioned the, the 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 kind of the defensive progress that he's made. That's that's where it's the most discouraging, right? Is like for a lot of the season this year. You know, two years ago, if you talked about Rob Williams, it was always, wow, he gets some blocked shots, but the man is literally never in the right position. Like he, <laughs> right. if he was, if he was in the right position, it was like a, you know, a stopped clock is uh, right twice a day type kind mm-hmm. of duration. But that hasn't been the case this year until recently. Like, so, I mean, that's, that's definitely been disappointing. I think, um, to your point about email, it's got to kind of feel like, uh, like that, uh, like, you know, that, you know, the whole squirrel in ice age where he, you know, he puts the, uh, puts the acorn in and he's like trying to stop all the cracks from happening all at once. And he, you know, I, I got, I, it's got to kind of feel like that. Like he's um, you know, all right, we fixed this thing. All right. Well now this thing is broken. Okay. The offense is back. All right. But now we're giving up 137 points. Like, um, okay. Like uh, guys are starting to figure it out. Well, Rob Williams is struggling now. Like it's um, it's a lot of, a lot of cracks to try to, to, try <laughs> to keep her over all at the same time. That is a joke made by the father of a young son.
0: yep Yep. no that's that's accurate (laughs) uh let's let's take a quick peek at the defensive rating now where the celtics oh they're they're back up to ninth okay i thought that they might have i know they slipped down to 10th so they're back up to ninth 107.1 feels like a really high number for a defensive rating to be in the top 10 it's where the league is, but the Warriors are at 99.5, and then the Suns are second at 104.1. Like, what are the Warriors doing? Like, wow. Um, they're just such a good team, man. We're about to find out what they're doing. Oh, we- my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I want to say, like, you sit there and be like, oh, yeah, the Celtics have the ninth best defense in the league at 107.2, like, that would have been last, I think, like five years ago. Um, I guess it's just a different, a different league right now, but I don't know, I I guess, I guess, I don't know. Like, I I guess this is when when I say, I don't know three times, I guess that means it's time to wrap up the show because (laughs) I just, I, I'm, I'm out of, I'm out of like possibilities for these guys. What do you think happens against Phoenix? Because I think they come out and I don't think they win. I won't I'm not going to say that they win necessarily, but I think they play as well as they did against Utah, against Phoenix.
1: Interesting. I I mean I'm concerned about where they seem to be at. Like I know they rallied against the Clippers, but like there's just I, I guess like from from the, you know, the post game and this is just like an eye test thing. This isn't like a numbers thing or anything. But like just, you know, from from the the post game press conferences and everything, it's just I mean, they don't seem like they're in like this really like we got to fight. We're you know, we're getting fired up. We're ready to like really turn things around against Phoenix. Like that just doesn't kind of seem like where they're at mentally um, and I don't know where they're at mentally and I could be wrong. Maybe, you know, and maybe, you know, everything that's happening behind closed doors, you know, guys are firing each other up and really giving rousing speeches and we're going to see, uh, you know, like, like a Braveheart type performance against yeah. you know, against the Suns, but it just like, that just isn't the vibe that I'm getting from this team right now, uh, yeah. you know, from from the, from the way they're playing and from the way that they're kind of communicating to us.
0: Well, I will say that to be fair, the the post game press conferences were Schroeder and Tatum, who are like the most like low key press conference guys uh, you're gonna get. Like and and this is this is the you know the downside of not being in the locker rooms, not being with the team right now, that you can't go in there and see the attitudes, the how they're communicating and all that stuff. We're just getting the guys that they send out and whoever that is. That is, I think it's the past two nights it's been. Schroeder and, and Tatum, right? Like it's Yeah. Yeah. So, we haven't even gotten a like the last time we talked to Marcus Smart was before before the Lakers game in the shoot around. That sounds uh, so right. Yeah. Who, who knows? Like this is it's still it's still weird covering this team. So, but you look, the the way I'm I'm just approaching this season for now until they change my mind is as soon as you are convinced of one thing, they will come out and do the opposite. So that's true. That is true. As, as soon as, like, they will play well against Phoenix, they might beat Milwaukee, and they might go to overtime against the Warriors, and we'll be like, okay, they got it, and then they will get crushed by the Knicks. Like, well, that's just, as soon as you feel like, okay, okay, then just, I got to catch myself and be like, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, wait a second. Like, it's like those memes that come out, and they go, wait for it. Like, <laughs> that's that's what the Celtics season is, just a constant wait for it meme.
1: It's well it's either that or it's uh I because what I feel like it is is that uh that <laughs> that goofy meme that's like "I don't fucking do it again." Like I feel like <laughs> that one. Um but I also yeah, I no, I I think uh I can I, can I can I go on a, on a minor rant before you uh, before you wrap this up? Uh I'm I right. just want to say um Brandon Boston Jr. <laughs> every team had a chance to draft oh, this shot. I should
0: have known this was coming.
1: Listen, Damn it. Like like I've been I've like for the record I've been screaming about this kid since he was a sophomore in high school. I've been talking him up, I've been saying it, I've been saying it. I said it all throughout the pre-draft process. I said, "Look, he was at Kentucky. Kentucky guys often are better in the pros than they are in college and it was a COVID year and it was one of the most messed up Kentucky teams I've ever seen. There was every everything there. Was just saying, "This guy's a steal. This guy's a steal. This guy's a steal." Wow, look at that. He's a steal. Wasn't he like he lost family members right to so, was he
0: the kid who lost family members
1: Tacoma? no so he had the, so he was he, he was on the scene um terrence clark uh rest in peace was his uh was uh, like his best friend um and so yeah he yeah he had a really um I, I think i think it was that was obviously very hard um but yeah he he was on the scene when, when that happened um but i mean yeah like you like obviously that's that's a <laughs> Yeah. Unbelievably tragic thing um, to happen, but um, you know he's he's really talented man. He's uh, he's always he's always had a lot to his game. It's never just been. I mean, when when I when I first watched him, he was he had such a soft touch, such a good jumper. Um, as he gets older, he adds like all of this ball handling. He's so tall, like it was just there was there was always something there. And yeah. uh, I, I would I would have been willing to bet a lot of money that he was going to come out of that draft to steal. And look at that. I will say I can't I can confirm that this isn't just a you know a fake
0: I knew it because you said it once. I when I was doing the the draft show for the lockdown network, did a ton of a ton of draft prep. I always listen to you and Grenham because you guys are like locally two of the most knowledgeable draft guys around. So I I've heard you <laughs> I've heard you talk about Brandon Boston multiple times and, and in confusion, like, what's he doing sliding down these draft boards? Uh, so I, I can confirm that. And he confirmed that very strongly. Um, it's just another one. This is so funny that, you know, I talk about the Celtics should really look at moving Schroeder by the deadline for even a, like, I think two second round picks is a great return for a free agent that you got like you were gifted this guy, you're yep. not going to resign him. Yep. Get those two two second rounders. You're either going to use those two second rounders to get rid of Wancho, or, or attach to somebody, or acquire somebody via the TPE and say, "Hey, we got this extra 2nd sec- You got to send something out when you acquire via TPE. That could just be a great way to send something out. Or you have a couple of extra cracks at a guy." like a brand in Boston and people say, Oh, second round pick are meaningless. I, I'm fascinated by the dichotomy of how we treat second round picks because they are alternately meaningless, but super valuable. Like you need them to do certain business. And then it's like, ah, but it's only second round pick. Who cares? But, right. You know, you look at the second round pick was a second round pick was just the damn MVP. Well, like yep. a second round pick is leading the warriors 99.5 defensive rating like there there are second round picks making super impact around the league so you need you need to have some cracks at that second round and have a good scouting staff to understand what you might be getting and use those two-way spots pretty shrewdly to make sure you're getting these the right guys so this is this is it's all tied in guys like Brandon Boston chances to get guys like Brandon Boston all tied in to the types of moves you make and all of that stuff. So,
1: I, and I've got like second round picks, man. Like, what you know, one of the things they they do, they let you just take a crack at somebody. Like right. in the first round, yeah, I mean, you got the number sixteen pick. Like, it would be really nice to just get a role player there, right? And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. let me let me find somebody who's pretty safe, but who's also pretty good. That's why Sadiq Bay is like right there at sixteen. He's like he's like that perfect, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that that kind of that perfect guy for for your for Chris, your role player favorite. Sadiq <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, it killed me to give Grenham any credit on Sadiq pay, but, um, no, but I mean, he, uh, you know, like that kind of guy or like, you know, that's why, you know, Peyton Pritchard was a good pick at, at number 27. Cause he looks like he could be a role player. It's like that there, are, um, that's why you make those picks. But yeah, I mean, if there's a guy that you look at in the second round and you're like, I think there might be something there. You can take a shot on him. It's just a second round pick. You're not committing like four years of money to him. You're you know, like you have this opportunity to really take a swing at, uh, you know, like a hey, maybe you get the next Jokic, maybe you get the next, you know, the, the next Raymond Green, maybe you get the next Brandon Boston. Like there's, uh, you know, there's, there's always, there's always guys and putting you, you give yourself bites at that apple, you might hit. And that's, that's a very valuable thing, in my opinion. Very
0: valuable. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you, uh, coming on for a bit. Thank you very much. Um, uh... Everybody go check out the Geno Time podcast and uh, Tom's work at boston.com.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks to Tom.
0: Always a fun conversation with Tom. Uh, Probably more fun hanging out and talking with him off camera, which maybe someday will be a podcast. Uh, Certainly a lot different podcast than this. Tom's great. Check him out at Tom underscore NBA on Twitter. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're a regular subscriber, I really do appreciate that. If you're not, please do subscribe. Uh, especially on the YouTube show, really trying to grow that channel. So uh, please do that. And if you are a subscriber on either or both, please share the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.